This is Five and Friends. Five friends, five perspectives, all five. Welcome to this week's episode, everyone. My name is Anne. Don't ask why. I just put an I. And with me this week is a very special episode. Is Gossam. Yo, yo, yo. Amna. Hello. Samra. Hi. And welcome back, Sabina. Hello. All right, relax. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, everyone? How's life treating you guys? I got a new phone. Oh? There, there is a god. Gossam got a phone. <laughs> so if you remember from two weeks ago, the podcast, um, my phone was really bad. It was on its last breath. And so um, my phone died on Saturday. Um, and we buried it on Sunday. <laughs> buried it on Sunday, and we got the phone on Sunday as well. A new phone, iPhone eight. I'm part of the, I'm part of the dark side now. Welcome. Yeah. Doesn't now it feel? Doesn't it feel great already? It feels great. So I was actually just asking Gossam this before when you guys were all getting ready. I was telling him, I was like, so now that you have an iPhone, what do you think of it? And he says it's his best phone, right, Gossam? It's my best phone. <laughs> For sure, my best phone I've ever. All had. of a sudden, it's his best phone. Wow, just wow! All those years that Android has given you countless joys of entertainment, you're gonna just blow Don't it off with only one. Caused me, it only caused caused me heartache. <laughs> That's all it's caused me. No Don't triumphs hate. from those heartaches. <laughs> no triumphs. Wow. Well, I guess I'm by myself now. I'm gonna. I refuse. I'm, I'm not gonna do it. I'm going to stay Android. Sabina, up until recently, was still a BlackBerry fan. Who? Who? Sabina, weren't you, like, a BlackBerry no, okay. fan for a I while? I have a reason. I have a real career, <laughs> which is called being a lawyer, which requ- requires me typing long emails, and that requires a keyboard, which is why I love BlackBerry. Having said that, Obama also likes Blackberries because he's also mm-hmm. important. So I'm, like, equivalent to Obama, Okay. That's so true. I, I like how because you like something and he likes something. Just saying, he's a brilliant him. human being, and that just follows. I like female education, and Malala does. Am I equivalent to Malala? <laughs> well, if you get shot, God forbid, then you'd be equivalent to Malala. Bring it to a different level. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, if you become president, then Bina, then we'll. Talk I'm just about saying, it. great minds. Like Obama uses a BlackBerry, and for a long time I did. Meanwhile, I don't think Malala even has a phone. Malala has that's a lie. She tweets all the time. How does she not have a phone? (laughs) Malala is rich now. Malala is a princess. (laughs) Because I feel like she doesn't. I mean, yeah, she tweets, but she could like tweet with like. What is she gonna? She gotta take out her laptop and tweet. Summer, what day and age is it? Come on. I don't know. I just can't imagine her with a phone. Well, wh- wh- why? She should forever be Bindu? I'm just trying to understand why Malala can't have a phone. Because anytime she comes on interviews, she doesn't look like 
She'd have a phone. Oh, oh, oh just because she wears shavarka means and puts the butter on her head, she doesn't have a cell phone. Get out of here. I mean, in Summer's defense, it's pretty much what you think, right? You think of her as like having no possessions because she's like a saint. Yeah, because she's like so simple and, you know. That's, yeah, pretty much. Just a simple person from a simple town. (laughs) I guess not. She lives in London. (laughs) She lives in London. I'm just reading some of Malala's tweets. I just Googled. And she uh, really does say nice things all the time. She's she honestly just tweets amazing things and about amazing. She says we need leaders constantly. to invest in girls' education and prove their promises are real. Wow! And then she'll be. Like, did you see the? <laughs> did you see the tweet of uh, Malala's that like, oh, four years ago I wasn't able to get have an education and now I'm in Oxford University. That was a picture. Of, like, four years ago, Oxford I was book. shot in the face, and now I'm studying in Oxford. Her exact University. quote yeah, was, like five that. years ago, I was shot in an attempt to stop me from speaking out for girls' education. Today, I attend my first lectures at Oxford. That's awesome, Lola. I would hate to have her in my lecture. Why? First of all, Why? I you, you know, Amna, you are, like, really you? obsessed with Malala, though. You have a deep love for Malala. I do, but I would also, it's like a weird, like, deep love, but also, like, I wouldn't want to be in the same school as her and or around her because it's such an inferiority complex to have. (laughs) It would be like, no matter what you did, you're not going to be Malala, so why try? But did you guys hear about the huge, like, controversy behind Malala and everything? Like, people, like, people, like, she started getting, like, really bad, like, not bad tweets, but, like, uh distasteful comments from her tweets and everything saying that uh, from Pakistanis who don't like her no because she wore jeans in public and then a bunch of people (laughs) a bunch of people in Pakistan a (laughs) trailblazer they are you kidding me in Pakistan because everyone in Pakistan is wearing now wearing cap sleeves and short sleeves and this and jeans out everywhere and she's getting shit on for it listen listen you want to hear actual comments from this this is one one comment the next Mia Khalifa how long? Oh how long till the scarf is off too? <laughs> I was thinking of preaching someone about keeping our cultures of clothes alive when living abroad and giving them an example of Malala, but I think I can't do that now. <laughs> oh God! Seriously, first of all, everybody in Pakistan wears jeans now, girls and boys. Second of all, you know, like seriously, I don't think she's changed anything about herself, including her mustache. So we should embrace. Malala's kept it real. (laughs) These are actual comments of people just freaking out of her wearing jeans. First of all, she's still wearing a dupatta. A scarf. She's still still wearing a scarf. She still didn't get her eyebrows done. You know, she's still keeping it real. (laughs) Look, she's like Freda Cola, you know? Like, she's like the, you know, girl's leader, like, you know. She's paving the way. She's a feminist. She doesn't care about facial hair. She, you know, she's like, embrace me as I am. She's not living up to any standards, but she did wear jeans, so therefore she's terrible. (laughs) Did she she do a TED Talk? America wears jeans. What? Did she do a TED Talk? A TED Talk? No, she did not. Oh, she hasn't done a TED Talk yet? You think she has time for TED Talk? She's in Oxford. She's got better things to do. She's literally, she's, first of all, she's studying. (laughs) 
And second of all, she's building schools when she's not studying. Yeah. But she wore jeans, though. Come on. <laughs> it has to be Sherlock oh Amis. Duh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Malala did do a TED Talk before. I'm pretty much sure Malala can do anything. Yeah. And how do we get to Malala? Oh. No. Because you compare right. to Barack. We're gonna have yeah. to. We're gonna have to cut all of this out. Malala talk. <laughs> cut all of that out. Cut out Malala. Start, cut out Obama. <laughs> cut out Blackberries. Let's start over. Click reset. Hello and welcome to this week's episode, everyone. My name is. Let's <laughs> start from right now. <clears throat> so what's today's episode about? Well, today's episode is about possessions. It's our last last week of October, guys. It's our last day before Halloween. The us. day before Halloween. We were recording this on the 30th. That so reminded uh... me. Sorry, keep yeah. going. No, no, no. No, what did it remind me? It's no, my friend. nothing else to say. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> You guys, sorry, I lost track. track of, I forgot I was on a recording. It's your friend's birthday tomorrow. Is that what today. it is? Or today? It's Smitty's birthday. Happy birthday, Smitty. I know you don't listen to this podcast, but if you ever do. Podcast. <laughs> podcast? <laughs> podcast. I love it. <laughs> podcast. Samra was the one who threw shade out of all the people. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyway, Smitty would never listen to this. She's way too good for this. So I'm gonna tell her, "Happy birthday, Smitty!" From the from the cast of Fob and Friends. He actually one. is a Fob, unlike you people. Yeah, she... Dang man! Maybe she'll that relate to this comment. That was our first comment for our first podcast. You guys aren't even Fob. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was our first criticism. You, you know what's worse than Fobs? <laughs> Or wanna be fobs. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of our first comments. You're not even fobs. Summer married a fob. I did. <laughs> I did. And I remind him of that every chance I get. About how he couldn't Origi- speak English when he first got here. That's wow. mean. That's, that's mean. <laughs> yeah, like, it's actually really mean when you make me fun of people's accents. <laughs> I know, it's coming from Summer who sounds like she's a Smurfette. <laughs> <laughs> a Smurfette. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, possessions. <laughs> Let's get back to the, to the main point. Yeah, the point of this episode, the possession episode. There's tomorrow's Halloween. Wait, question. Bina. What are your kids being for Halloween? Uh, being a skeleton, very creative, mm-hmm. and he really wants to be Spider-Man, but we couldn't find a costume that was his size, so we bought a Minions costume. He's very unhappy about it. He's gonna look like the cutest little Minion on the planet. Why is he so unhappy about it? I thought he loved Minions. He wants he he doesn't want to be a Minion. He's very against being a Minion. Like I get it. Who wants to be a Minion? <laughs> Not me. So but Zishan bought him. Zishan's my husband. Bought him a Minion costume, and I said, Shani, couldn't you have like literally anything would have made him happier than a Minion costume? It's like it was nine ninety nine. <laughs> That's why he <laughs> went with it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> everything else was thirty nine ninety nine. That's because it's a minion. That's why it was ten. I thought bucks. he wanted to be a dinosaur. 
He did, but we kind of talked him out of it. It would have been the second year in a row he was a dinosaur. Oh, guys! He, like literally, this is the last year. Like he's four, where it's gonna be cute to dress up. Maybe, maybe next year. So if he's gonna wear something cute, he should do it now. Otherwise, after this, he's gonna want to be a ghost or a skeleton or something. Ghosts are cute if you just wore a sheet over his head, and like eyes cut out. It's cute. You can't mm-hmm. see his face. That's pretty basic, though. I know, but it's like something sim. sim- okay, maybe it's just. I would love if they were <laughs> Mario and Luigi. How cute would that have been? But they won't. Oh my god, or Mario and Yoshi. We don't want to work together. Oh. Like that little cute boy. Oh my god, a little oh, Yoshi. Yoshi. Or Yoshi and an egg. Mm. <laughs> that would be cute. Cow. It's all cow. If you had a little baby, that baby would be the egg. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, I just wanted to know because none of us are dressing up, so we just need to. No, know. I am. What are you... I'm gonna go trick or treating. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, really? For sure. Where are you going to go trick or treating? I'm gonna Tuesday? find. This, I'm gonna find a street, and I'm, I am going to trick or treat. I don't care who comes with me. I He's have... trick or treating in his dorm party. <laughs> no, I, I really no. I actually want to go trick or treating. I don't know why. So, what are you going to be? So, what are you going to be? Yeah, I'm going to probably be Michael Jackson for another year. Oh, my God, Gotham. You played out that costume. <laughs> I did, but it was a good costume, so that's why I play it over all the time. <clears throat> oh, my God. I, ha- I had a costume that I was going to wear. But what? A fart? It didn't. It never. Zan <laughs> <laughs> already looks like a fart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not a costume. No, no, I was going to be, I was going to. Batman mask, and he looks so feminine in it, so I was like, don't ever wear that again. <laughs> oh, yeah, my Batman masquerade mask that I have. <laughs> it's not Batman mask, it's literally a masquerade beneath it. It's like sparkly and beautiful, and like, what is that? He's like, look at my costume, guys. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, it looks very feminine. He was you also have very feminine hands, so it just doesn't <laughs> go together. <laughs> you like put it, you placed it on your face and kept your hand there. And I was like, Why are your hands so beautiful <laughs> and your guy? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why is your hand so beautiful and your face? Oh, <laughs> that's roasted. Boom, roasted. <laughs> roasted. <laughs> Um, uh, what are you gonna be? What were you gonna be, Zan? I forgot. A potato. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be a potato. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna be a vegetable and just you know do nothing. <laughs> I would a love potato. to be like I'm like I'm a potato. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the accent? Why do you have to do the accent as well? <laughs> Someone should be a potato. And someone should be. An, uh, a cauliflower. We should be like alugobia. <laughs> 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 Do you mean alugobi? Alugobia. Oh my god. No, I was I was gonna be okay. So it's gonna be very lame, but I it was a last minute decision. I was gonna be John Cena. And I was actually, I was actually gonna get, get the T-shirt, the chain, the hat. I was gonna dress up Wait, as a white said, rapper. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, who said? Oh my god! Who's who hating? Who's hating? First of all, Zan, are, you gonna, are you gonna come out with your wrestling music and your 
Your winning belt, like I, you used to. I was going to do. I was going to go all out on it, but nothing came in in time, so I had to return Wait, all my. Wait, are you items going again. somewhere like, for Halloween? No, no, no. So this was supposed to be for Halloween weekend, like for last this past weekend, uh, like on Friday. But then because it didn't sh- come in till like it was it wasn't going to come in till later this week for some stupid reason, I had to ca- cancel my order and everything. So they were like, "Why does he want to be John Cena <laughs> a week after Halloween?" Hey, I I paid extra twenty thirty bucks for that shipping for a two day shipping and it was still processing so it was really annoying I was like okay I that's would like dumb. try to get my money back No I got my money back definitely Why don't you be back. Clark Kent He just needs suspenders and like a Superman shirt and like glasses yeah. and glasses You can be that's, that's easy and it's handsome I just feel like I wouldn't buy it. And it's like a handsome outfit as opposed to your masquerades. Your masquerades. <laughs> We're going to have to post a picture of that masquerade mask. Just, <laughs> just like, of you of in, me it. in it. With your hand movements. <laughs> With my dainty hands all over it. Oh, God. They're like ginormous, but still dainty. I don't understand. It's nice and petite. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Why do you have to say words? I'm like dainty and petite. Like nice so open teeth. Just like he said he had a scentsy mouth. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, Zan, you said you were going to explain your esophagus problem. But that's not real. <laughs> your esophagus problem. <laughs> oh, poor Zan and his softy. Listen, listen, listen. I'll say the story, but this is not the episode to tell it. <laughs> this is, we have to get back on topic. We, unless this is this is going to be the topic because it's a, it's a long one. <laughs> this is a long, it's a long problem. Zan had an issue. It was serious at that time. Okay. It was a serious issue. You you got you guys laughing now. Back then, everyone was crying. Back then, it was serious when he was a baby. But now we just make fun of him because. But now yeah, he, he milks, milks it. it. <laughs> and acts like he still He'll be like, I can't eat this my esophagus. And you'll be like, uh, that's not even a thing anymore. That was not a thing for the past like 20 years now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Back to possession. Sensi mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Pivot. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Every God. time we say pivot, we do that. Pivot. 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 Have you explained why we do that? For those who haven't seen Not Friends, friend. please Google Friends episode Ross Pivot and you'll know why. <laughs> you don't even some you don't even write Friends episode, just write Friends Ross Pivot. <laughs> Ross That's Pivot. That's all you need. Good enough. All right. So possessions. What are they? What's going on? What's happening? Well, you, do we believe in them? Yeah. Well, I mean, do you guys believe in them? Uh, Clearly, one of us believes in it. We I got, do. We got a story I do believe here. in it, and I'm scared of it. I believe in it too. I think why we do, all believe in it. But what? But why do you guys believe it though? It's like, do you? Th- because it's in the Quran. We're not supposed to laugh at that. Yes. Cut that out. Cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that we're laughing that it's in the Quran. It's how he said it. <laughs> it's, I don't even think it's in the Quran about possession. 
Well, I mean, technically, isn't Jin's like going back to our previous episode? Jin's like a possession of some sort. It, they can possess. They don't actually need to possess them. Okay, but, but it doesn't that's say Grama Jin's possess. If they can possess, that's what it's doing. Yeah, but the whole point of last week's episode, Gossam, if you were there, was about the fact that. that well, a couple of weeks a ago. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> was the fact that um. Do you well? The question is: Is do you believe possessions just from a jinn, or could it be an evil spirit? Because jinns don't—that's the whole thing—is they have the power to possess, but it's questionable whether no, or I not. No, I believe in evil spirits. You know, it's them actually doing the possessing. I believe in evil spirits for yeah. sure. For Me sure. too. I'm a, I'm a little iffy on it. I guess. I mean, I guess I believe it. Technically, I should believe it, but. Yeah, I want to see it happen. Going back to my thing, I just want to see it happen, and then I'll Ugh, believe I it. I never want to see it happen. Are you nuts, though? I want to. I want to see something being possessed. <clears throat> but you know, but it's actually funny though because I actually I found a um I found an article online. It shows the symptoms of, of demonic possession, and this is like some of the things that uh you can see. Hold on, I want to get the source of this. It's it was like it's like some two nuns from like the seventeen hundreds like they they had this like whole like witch trial slash possession case that happened back in the day and like these two nuns kind of sat down and wrote wrote down the symptoms of demonic possession so here they are okay <clears throat> number one to think oneself is possessed so I guess that means right. I guess it's like if you think you're possessed you're possessed right um to lead a wicked life okay okay. Like, I guess that's pretty self-explanatory. Okay, to live outside the rules of society. Makes sense. To be persistently ill, falling into heavy sleep, and vomiting unusual objects. Mm-hmm. Either such as... Either such natural objects... Natural objects as toads, serpents, maggots, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> um, like, they're, I guess they're just trying to say if you vomit up, like, random stuff. We like, get it. We get that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, four is it one, two, three, five <laughs> to utter obscenities and blasphemies makes sense. Six to be troubled with spirits. Okay, it's pretty self explanatory to show a frightening and horrible countenance. I don't know what that means. What does countenance mean? Are you saying it correctly? Countenance, yeah. Well, it says here a person's I face. Thought or ca- I thought clear. Count- countenance had to do with like. Bowel movements, like poop. Yeah, like incontinence. Yeah, but that's not countenance. No, it says here it's a person's face or facial expression. So I guess it's like to show a frightening and horrible face. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This is all right. To be tired of living, to be uncontrollable and violent, to make sounds and movements like an animal, to deny knowledge of fits after the paroxysm has ended. To show fear of sacred relics and sacraments. To curse violently at any prayer. And finally, to exhibit acts that of lewd exposure of of abnormal strength. Which I, I guess that's all pretty much explanatory, self-explanatory, but Some I just thought it was kind of cool. a little weird, but okay. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well, this is like the 1600s. These are just, like I said, two nuns who wrote this. Probably I mean, during what, the Salem witch trials or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But like it's like you can check all of those off in like every other possession demonic movie you can think of. Like I think of Exorcist, and then like all of that 
is exactly no, what that is. No, but she wasn't puking out maggots. I mean, she was puking. I guess not, but she, she was puking bile, though. Like, whatever that was. <laughs> well, <laughs> she was puking pea soup. Um, no, what I think, I think a good movie that, like, kind of, like, shows, like, the logical... Sabina and I were talking about this, the logical side to where it's kind of scarier almost was, like, the exorcism of mm. Emily Rose. Well, is that the one with the lawyer and all that yeah. stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one actually is kind of creepy. Remember because when she's, like, like scratching she was, the Either floors? she was really, really, really sick, you know what I mean? Like, she was just really sick, and people think that she's possessed. No, she was Well, that's the whole thing of the movie, is that was she or was she mentally ill? Well, like schizophrenic yeah. or something? Um, epileptic. Epileptic, yeah. schizophrenic. So... But she was normal before. That's, the, That's thing. the thing. Yeah, but schizophrenia is an onset. It comes af- It comes into your young adulthood, and you can get seizures. I don't know. You don't. You're not born with schizophrenia. I mean, you, you are. You have the gene, but you you're not. You don't exhibit signs of schizophrenia until your youngest, like twenty, like eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing that's really interesting is. Um, when you have these severe possession cases, it's not so much, it's not so much, it's, what I always find very crazy is the ability to speak different languages. And so, you know, like, that's something where, you know, it's something so embedded deep in your mind. Like, how does that sort of odd behavior manifest itself? The brain is amazing, you know what I mean? Like, you don't we don't even really know how like what we retain into our long-term memory and how we unlock it you know it's and like some people believe that you it's not possible and that's why it's possession but you know neuropsychologists believe that it is possible to unlock those things that are hidden deep you know you overhear you know in the movie she had like lessons in latin when she was a kid right or she overheard it. <clears throat> but doesn't she speak like seven languages in that movie? She speaks like German at one point. She was speaking a lot though. That's the thing in the exorcism portion when she passed away. She was, wasn't she speaking like some type of satanic Oh, she had like language? seven, she said she had seven like demons in her and each demon spoke different languages. yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I, all I know is the freakiest part was in that movie was when she's eating the bugs. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that was, that was by far, I think, I mean, the exorcism, the exorcist was very scary because, you know, that's kind of the first movie that introduced that concept. But for me, the exorcism of Emily Rhodes is the scariest movie because it's that, you know, it artfully kind of goes into the scientific reasons behind possession because... When she was very doped up, she was just kind of sleeping and kind of out of it, you know. So was she, you know, it kind of goes back to the fact, was it, you know, just severe rewiring of the brain? Right. Yeah, because like I'm reading here, it says like, uh, so the the girl's name was Annalise Michael. And I was actually talking about Gossam with this just like before this. And it says she was 16, she experienced a seizure and diagnosed with psychosis called by temporal lobe epilepsy. She was also, uh, she also had depression. Um, let's see so here. temporal lobe is your hearing, though. 
isn't no, it? No, it's uh, yes, but it's also your language. Temporal, I mean, yeah, but it's also a lot of things. Like it's just it's not just hearing and stuff. It's a lot of connections that are made in and out. Right. Like it, it has a lot of pathways. So if you any part of the brain, if you affect, it's gonna affect all parts of the brain. You know, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. trying mm-hmm. to say because it, it's all a connected network. But uh, but sorry, go. I mean that goes back to the language, right? It affected her her probably also affected her language centers and unlocked languages that she that's true remembered you know because yeah. that's what i'm saying because temporal lobe is associated with your language and smell and your hearing so there's that mm-hmm. and she was like she yeah basically like she severed uh she suffered severe convulsions and was yeah diagnosed with a temporal lobe epilepsy she was constantly getting seizures. Uh, she was prescribed drugs that was like out of this world. Just trying to sum it up. Yeah, it's like she was. She... And she was prescribed lots of different things. She was. Pre- Hello? Huh? We all what cut happened? out. That was pretty scary. Uh oh. Uh oh. We're talking about scary stuff. Jin Baba. Literally, we all just. you. We all just went silent. As I was talking about Annalise Michael, oh my god! <laughs> no, really. <clears throat> it was not. Great, it, it, it was creepy because the one I was in that podcast. Remember when I said I heard something fall down? It was a pot in my kitchen that fell down. How? I don't know. Oh my god! Isn't that crazy? Yep. Well, when you talk about things, well, in that movie, it does a really good job too of showing like when you start opening yourself up to these things you start to feel like things are happening right like she starts waking up at 3 a.m and you know she thinks she sees something there or she thought she left a glass here and it's not there i don't know how much of that though was because of all the drugs and the medicine that she was taking no 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 i'm talking about the lawyer oh oh, okay yeah 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 the lawyer yeah gets some weird things happening no, but wasn't, like, she found... What was the end case for that? I forget. The priest was found guilty. Um, in the movie, He it's like he had time served, though. So, I mean, I feel like Sabina should say it because Sabina's the attorney. She should talk about it, but... <laughs> what time served is. But basically, he already... He's guilty, but his judgment is that he already spent all the time that he was supposed to serve already because he was in jail the whole time of the case like the whole trial right okay, so he okay. got out basically but i don't think that's what happened in real life i think they had like an extra six months or something like that <clears throat> and they were him her mom and her dad were tried as well it was it was they were found guilty of manslaughter resulting of negligence and were sentenced to six months in jail is that right and then three years of probation? That sounds like way too light that of a sentence. Sounds... Well, they really believed that she was possessed. Oh, I, I like how Wikipedia said the, the very next sentence was, it was a far lighter sentence than anticipated, but it was more than a requested by the, pro- the prosecution, who had asked that the priest only be fined and that their parents found be to be found guilty and not but not punished because of the church. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't hear that last part. What what happened to the priest? Uh, he was 
he was found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to six months and three yeah, years probation. Yeah, that was the whole thing is that he was, at the end of the movie, he was found guilty too. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just interesting of what, I mean, if that was a very accurate, the movie, or was it like completely exaggerated or did the priest, should the priest have done more? Um, I definitely think the last scene was definitely dr- like dramatic, you know, dramatic because, you know, her in the barn and everything. <clears throat> But if you hear recordings, you can listen to recordings of her, you know, supposedly when she's possessed in real life, like the real girl, Annalise. And it's a, it sounds like her. I mean, it sounds like her if you put on a voice, right? Yeah, so I, I've, I've never heard, heard of like the Exorcist, I've where it's like a different voice. It does, I, I agree with you, Amna, it does, it does sound like she's putting on a voice. But, I don't know. I have no clue. What to believe? Well, you know, what's really interesting is that uh, my dad had actually sat through a possession when he was young, when um, people were actually, you know, doing a possession. And he always said, uh, yeah, an exorcism, sorry, while, while, the, while, young, while a young girl was possessed. And he always said that he felt like the girl was making it up. Like he never was scared or believed it for a second. He felt like she had made it up and she was doing this for attention. Right. So it's very interesting, like, that the girl also changed voices and screamed and yelled and swore and act, acted, you know, very violent. But he said he felt like it, she was doing that purposely. And it kind of, you know, think of the Salem witch trials, right? Like, that's basically what they were claiming, right? That they were cursed and witches had... Um, put a spell on them, so, you know, emulating possession, basically, a, a different type of possession, but possession, and it was mass hysteria, so one girl, you know, started copying the next girl, and the next girl started copying the next girl, so, and, and it was just hysteria, and girls kind of acting out, and kind of their imaginations getting the best of them, so, you know. Do you know that's a real disease? They've documented it in history that, like, you can catch on to this mass hysteria. It's like it's like psycho mass something. I forgot, but it's like you know that story of those nuns who danced to death. No, no. Like they just. It's like it's like in the seventeen hundreds. Like some war ended or something happened, and these nuns started dancing, and then like it's like they got caught up in this mass hysteria. It's like a, a psycho. It has to do with your how your brain interprets certain information, and they all literally danced. Until they died, like they didn't stop. It's a real documented case. It really I got, happened. I found and it. Last... I found it. It's yeah. the Danson Plague of 1518. It was a case of okay. Danson mania that occurred in the parts, basically a part of the Roman Empire in the 1500s. Around 400 people took to Danson for days without rest, and over the period of about a month, some of those affected died of heart attack, stroke, or exhaustion. Yeah, and, like, but there's a documented case of that recently where, like, people, they just get sucked into this mass, and they, like, they seem like they're ill or they're Wasn't or this it, or like, that, about all those girls getting pregnant? Wasn't something, yeah, like, like, all these teenage girls in one town all started getting pregnant, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a cult, but it could have been mass hysteria as well. I... I I mean, I don't know. Like, these are real things. Like, it's kind of like it sounds like it's a, a, a horror movie, but these are real, like, psychological issues that happen or, or phenomena that happen. And it's like, then it's 
is it supernatural or is it just stuff that we haven't learned about yet? Right. I don't know, but that's freaky. So, yeah, there's, there's, anyway, that's my fun fact about Salem. Because the girls were all young. They didn't have the concept of, they weren't like Winona Ryder in the Crucible where they were like 18, 19, like, they were like 9, 10. Oh, well, I thought in the Crucible they were young. Abigail and all of them. Winona Ryder in that movie was like 16, 17, right? The oldest person who testified, I think, was seventeen, but all that she was the only one. I don't know. All the I other girls the were twelve and younger. No, in real life, I'm talking about not in the movie. Oh, okay. No, I thought you. I thought, I thought you were talking about the book, The Crucible. Oh no. I um, I must say about the Salem witch trial is that um I not just not recently it was a few years ago I went to Salem, Massachusetts for Halloween. And I do have to say that even though the, the town itself during Halloween is, like, very much commercialized and, you know, mainstream, like, they have all these rides and, like, it's very much a tourist attraction, you can still do the tour around the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the graveyard and, like, the areas where they were hung. And I'm not going to lie, there was a weird feeling when you were standing there because you just knew that there was people, you, they, like, they actually have all of the, uh, the stones still placed exactly how it was. And, like, you can see it, and you can definitely feel something. Like, there's, like, a weird, like, like that stereotypical, like, the cool breeze, and, like, you feel, like, this weird thing in your heart that, like, your heart starts racing. And I definitely felt that for, like, a few seconds when you were around there, just walking. It's strange. Yeah, but, or is it also because you know you're at the Salem Witch Trials, and that you know, like, that's how people feel? That's true. So you, Maybe it's just that, like, no one that... that... Yeah, probably. Maybe, like, no one that I... Like, this is where the spot that all these girls died. Maybe that's what it was. I was feeling, you know? But I don't know. It was definitely weird. Yeah. I mean... So, steering back, <clears throat> we have Sabina here because she... We have this story. She has a story that she told us, and it's taken on a life of <laughs> its own because of me. And we've teased the story many times in this podcast as well. Um, and I've told it, and I've had friends who told their friends. Same, I've told and friends it's, <laughs> as well. And it's been, you know, obviously, I've, I've, I've admitted it to people I've told them. Like, I'm making this more dramatic than it is. Um, but it's it's almost like when, when, when Sabina, when you tell it, 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 maybe it's not as dramatic, but... It's your story, and it just makes it so much scarier because it happened. And um, take us through the like night. It's... <laughs> well, I guess the reason it's scary is because I'm not somebody who makes up things, or I'm not a hysterical person. I'm very logical to a fault. You know, I can kind of compartmentalize my feelings. Um, you know. I'm not, you know, I'm bubbly, but not somebody that would just seek attention or had any reason to seek attention. So when I was about 19 years old, 18 or 19, I don't really remember because it's been a very long time. I uh, was at, I was working uh, during the summer as a receptionist for a, for a company. And the vice president of the company, who was the owner's son, asked me if I could babysit a couple's twins while they're going to be in town. And they had two two little boy twins and that they would pay me quite handsomely. And at that time, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old, um, 
maybe I was maybe even a little older, maybe I was 20 years old, but the thing, I was still in college. And so it was $20 an hour and they had asked for me to bring a friend. So I had brought my friend, um, her name is Jackie. I won't say her last name because I didn't ask permission uh, to tell the story. So um, that's right, guys, I have to carve out legal issues. And so, <laughs> and, and so, you know, I was a young kid and, um, you know, similar to Gossam's age, right? So I, uh, I was like, yeah, $20 an hour for four hours. That's 80 bucks. I'm there. Right. So, um, I told my friend summer vacation, great way to make money. We went to the house. Now when we're driving to the house, the house was one of those houses I had a very long driveway. I'm not sure if you've ever been to one of those houses, but it's, you know, you have to actually drive quite a bit through with trees lined to get to the house. So it wasn't something where, um, I wouldn't say it's a mile or anything, but it, it certainly wasn't, um, you couldn't see the road when you got to the house. That's how far it was. So it wasn't like this natural thing. And it, the road that the house was off of was really small as well. And I don't even remember the town. I think maybe it had been Newtown or, you know, so, somewhere else. I, I really don't even remember it because so much of that night I've blocked out, um, you know, leading up until that point. And it's funny, I don't remember many of the details around who I was babysitting for, the name of the people, how the kids were about four, four or five months old. So I remember that, what the kids really looked like. But I can tell you from the minute I walked into that house to the minute I left the house and got home, I can recall every single detail very clearly. And, you know, if you guys have ever, ever listened to other podcasts and you talk about the Anand Sami podcast, you realize that if you try to recall something that happened four weeks ago, you can't remember unless you know, a very vivid memory comes to light. And so this, you know, so everything leading up to that point is in a vivid memory. Um, but what happened there is vivid. And I almost would believe that it didn't happen except for the fact that I had a friend with me. Um, and she doesn't even like to talk about that night or never really has told the story again. She says she can't, like it was too much for her to handle. So she just cops it out to a bad night and just doesn't talk about it. And so... I, uh, I pull up to a house. The house is one of those houses that look very small from the outside, and it's actually quite large. So you walk in, and it's one of those fun houses where it's, it's, it's very low ceilings because it was probably built in the 1900s. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I can tell you exactly, if I close my eyes right now, I can tell you exactly which room we stayed in the majority of the night. I can tell you exactly where the kitchen was placed. I can tell you exactly where the hallway was. I mean, I could sketch out the house for you. But from the front door to the back door, um, so if you walk towards the front and you walk towards the back of the house, there was the back of the house had a pool. And it was really nice. I mean, the outside of the house was beautiful. And so we, um, I know we don't have that much time, so I'll try to hurry this along. Good. And so Don't worry. No, we have enough time. Don't worry about it. So we, uh, we got to the house, and the, the people were lovely, and they said they'd be back by, um, we got there around 7. We probably left around close to midnight, and they had said they'd be back at 10. So we were really expecting them back within three hours, and the night just went longer than we had both planned. Um, now, to kind of give you some background, I didn't have, like I had eaten, but I didn't have a huge dinner. So I was slightly hungry by the time 10 o'clock came along. 
Um, and I'm telling you all this because, you know, it kind of wraps things up at the end where, you know, I can add pieces of my night together even though they were really scary. So um, we started, the, the kids were great, um, they were beautiful little boys, and uh, we took them outside, and when we arrived there, it was 7 o'clock in the summer, so it's kind of, um, sun is setting, but not quite set yet, so it was sunny when we got there, right? Very sunny when we got there, and then slowly by, you know, 9 o'clock, it became dark. And uh, we couldn't bring the kids in the house. So the, so the boys, um, there was a pool outside, and what would happen is, they're little babies, right? But when we were in the house, they wouldn't stop crying. And, you know, we were both really young. And this is the first time I had actually been babysitting, like, little babies for that extended period of time. That wasn't family. And actually, in general, just a very long time. And so, when we walked out of the house, the babies were happy. And maybe it's just because we were outside, but they were happy and full of life. And then when I walked back in, when we would walk back in the house the babies would cry nonstop. So we, we basically just kept going outside um, until um, the babies fell asleep. And by that time, it was dark at night. So we brought the little babies back inside the house. And, um, and there was this room in the house, and it was really like a pleasant kind of room. Um, it was small, but like it almost felt like a den, or it was a den, and it was really warm and inviting. And there was a TV, and it actually felt like a very happy part of the house. Um, and the rest of the house didn't feel that way. And it's kind of hard to describe that feeling. And maybe it's because we're young, and maybe because the, the walls are, you know, it's a house where the rooms are really small, um, and the ceilings were a little lower, um, at least for the upstairs part of the house. And so, you know, so right before it got dark, right, I would say it's dusk, when there was still light in the house, but it was that kind of bright light that comes into the house. Um, on one side of the house, the other side, it, the sun was setting. And so we just started, my friend that was with me was actually really brave. So she wanted to go check out the house. But by that time, I was already kind of freaked out. Um, I just had this feeling and I, I couldn't explain it. Like I said, I was maybe young, so I didn't want to go anywhere in the house. And so she was like, no, let's go. So we started walking in the house and we opened... Um, you know, we opened a door not expecting to see very much and, it, and it, let, it kept leading to other smaller rooms like a study, a living room. And when we opened the door to the living room, it was, you know, it was actually kind of overwhelming because they had old Victorian furniture in the room and the, there was painting on the wall and it was a very large painting, um, probably... And like I said, I was young then, so maybe the size is bigger than I imagined it. But it was very large. I'm maybe like eight feet by six feet, like something very large. And the painting was just black. There was no figure. There was no face. It was just like a black oil painting. And that was, you know, that was kind of enough for me because that was overwhelming to look at such a dark painting in the middle of the room. And like when I think back, maybe it went with a decor, you know, like a dark painting. But there wasn't really a Base or it just it was very weird and unlike anything I've ever really seen in like a house so be like but like that's not normal I mean it's not it's definitely not normal but maybe that's like the style like it's a period piece I have no idea but it is scary 
you know, it, there was a certain, you know, you, you, it's overwhelming to walk into and look at like a huge dark painting. And if there was anything in that painting, it was not enough that I can remember. I just remember walking in in this huge, dark, really freaky painting. Um, and so then when we walked to the next room, there was actually uh, a hallway that led to a staircase. So, you know, they had a staircase in the middle of the house, kind of like a center hall, colonial. And then they had a staircase in the back behind the kitchen where you could also go upstairs um, to front stair. And a lot of older houses had that, right? You had a front staircase and a back staircase. And so they, uh, so, you know, it was very strange. So by this time, the sun had really started to set. But when we got to the bottom of the stairs, at the top of the stairs, it was extremely bright not kind of like uh, a sunset bright, like a piercing bright, which could have just been the right angle of the sun. There could have been a mirror up there. And, you know, I looked up at the top of the stairs and it was a bright, bright light. And uh, I was like, dude, I'm not going up there. <laughs> and uh, my friend was like, come on. I was like, there, there's, there's no way. I, I'm not going. So we, we didn't go that way. Uh, we turned back around and went up the other way to the staircase and there were some smaller rooms, and the ceilings were really low, but they didn't particularly stick out to me, nor do I remember. But the staircase sticks out to me because I was already so scared of seeing the painting. I couldn't, when I looked up the staircase and it was really bright, I was like, there's, there's just no way I'm walking up this narrow stairway. Who knows what's up there? I'm not going up that way. Um, so we came back around, and, you know, we just, the babies uh, were sleeping, and we kind of stayed in the room. And, you know, by this time we were kind of getting hungry because we thought we'd be gone by 10. So we kind of went in the kitchen, grabbed some water. Um, you know, I was pretty hungry, obviously, by then. There wasn't really any snacks or anything. So we came back to the room and we just waited. And, um, you know, eventually they came home. And so I had asked, uh, oh, and, and, and during this time, you know, we heard... Um, like rumbling sounds, almost like, um, like, like rough sounds that were like, uh, just like something like something was upstairs and something was falling, kind of like rumbling sounds. And so, you know, that also obviously between the black painting and the staircase and the fact that I was hungry and the rumbling sounds, I was, you know, I was, I was at the, by this point I was scared, right? Like I just wanted to get out of there. I didn't feel good. My head started to hurt. I just wanted to get out of there. And um, so by 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock, but it was late, right? Like it wasn't the time that we expected. It was like an hour or two hours later. They came home and they paid us. And I had just asked, I said, you know, did somebody die in this house recently? And they said, yeah, our, our, our brother had died in this house and he had died of cancer. And I said, oh, okay, um, all right, n no big deal. Right. So, and I said, also, <laughs> I said, also, like, is, you know, we also heard some sounds. Like, is there, is there something around the area? They said, oh, well, we have stables. We have horse stables. Okay. I didn't see any stables while I was walking around the pool, but I believed them that whatever I was hearing was the sound of horse hooves, you know, slamming up again in the stables. And that was what was rumbling through the house. I mean, it's very possible, but, uh, you know, it's, it was just another thing where I was like, okay, between somebody dying, everything, I was very scared by this time. 
So we pull out of the driveway. Of course, it's, you know, I told you it's a long driveway. It's like dark, dark, dark. So we pull out. I take a right out of the driveway. And I start driving down. And I, I turn to my friend and I say, you know, that house really scared me. And we didn't actually mention the fact that we were both scared until we got out of that house. Like we almost felt like, oh, thank God I'm out of there. You know, like it was, it was a kind of, we felt like we could breathe again. And at that moment that I said, you know, that really scared me. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, and I couldn't stop. That statue kept, did you see that statue? It kept staring at us. And she's like, I know, the statue kept staring at us. And in the middle of the hallway was a bookshelf. And on top of that bookshelf was a statue, um, a very tiny statue. It couldn't have been more than like six to eight inches, maybe like maximum a foot tall, like a very tall and very skinny uh, statue. And it was like a cowboy or like, or something like that. It was like, like an iron statue. Um, but it wasn't particularly scary. So I can't say, oh, it was like freaky or it was like a mask. It was just like this weird, and it was like by itself on top of the shelf. And as soon as I said that, I looked forward and there was a car and it was a small road and, you know, the burbs. There was a car coming right at me. Like literally we were going to hit each other head on. And so I, I swerved and the car hit the side of, um, the side of my car, like where my front headlight was on the left hand side where I was driving and my car actually turned in the middle of the road. So it turned all the way 180. Like, so you crash, hit, turn. And the car drove away. So nobody stopped. They just kept going. So they hit us and drove off. So it was a hit and run. And it was like a green bug, right? Like it was like a, you know, like a, a dark green bug. And it might have been black, but whatever I remember is I remember the car stopped. I turned and looked at it. And it was, you know, because my headlight, because I remember I turned all the way around. So now it was facing the other way in the, in the, in the road. And the, the car drove off. And, but it was too fast and we were too shocked um, to get a license plate. So then we, you know, turned around immediately. The car was still running. And we drove to the nearest gas station. And my husband now is the first person I called because my parents were gone that night. They were at a, a Mushaira, which is like a, de a Desi poetry reading thing. And so I was alone. And so that was also really scary. And when I went to the gas station, you know, I'm crying because I'm like, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I got into a car accident. Uh, my parents are going to kill me. But when I got out of the car at the gas station, um, and I went to go use a payphone. This is not when everybody readily had cell phones. So I was using a payphone to try to get in touch. Um, and there was, there was nothing wrong with the car, right? So the headlight wasn't broken. The bumper wasn't broken. The only thing that was wrong with the car was there was like a black mark on the side from the fender all the way to the, for, um, the front door on the left-hand side. But it was like a black streak that you could almost wipe off. But there was no dent. And that car hit me. And I, my entire car turned around. So at, at the very least, there should have been a dent in the car. Um, there wasn't. And I swerved to the right, but yet my car turned around to the left. So whatever the impact was, even though I was trying to swerve, it was strong enough to turn my car all the way the other way. And there was, there was no, there was no, um, 
there was, no, there was no damage. And like I said, there was obviously a witness. I called my husband that night to tell him that I damaged the car, that I was so upset that my parents were going to kill me. Um, I look at the car, there's no damage. I think, I mean, I, you, I couldn't have been happier because I thought, you know, thank God I didn't, you know, get damaged. But at the same time, I was really scared and my head had just started to hurt so much. I, I could not take it anymore. I don't know how, and now, now that I'm thinking back, I was driving on Route 25, so it couldn't have been on Newtown. But I don't know how I got home because I had such a bad headache that I, I, I honestly, I couldn't barely drive. I couldn't see anymore. My, my eyes were fluttering. Um, my head was pounding. I finally Why got didn't you just let Jackie drive? Because I had already been mid-driving, and she kept oh. asking me if I was okay, and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. We were in the middle of the highway. It's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, like, I'm going to be okay. We somehow got home. You know, by this time, it's like 1 in the morning. Um, and the minute I get home, I said, Jackie, like, I need you to go home. And she's like, oh, I can't leave you. I said, no, I need you to go home. I need you to call your mom and get out of here. And she was like, okay. So she called her mom, and her mom came to pick her up. But in between, you know, her house was only 10 minutes away. So between her mom came, um, she was talking to me, and I, I, I kind of remember, like, my eyes now had rolled back in the back of my head, and I had such a bad headache that I was having some sort of seizure. Um, and I fell asleep while I was talking to her right at the table. And... Um, you know, I it couldn't hold a sentence. And, um, you know, at some point, I woke up in my room or on the couch. I don't remember if it was my room or my couch, but some at some point I had moved, but she had she she had, she was not there. And then my parents came home like back in the day, they would go out to these things and not come home till three or four in the morning. And when they came home is when I, you know, woke up and, um, you know, my headache had, you know, gotten, you know, it was either gone or dramatically better by that point. But so, you know, either it was a severe migraine, but it wasn't an, I've had really bad migraines um, where I throw up and it's too, it was that painful, but yet, you know, the, the, the difference between that headache and any headache I've ever had is that my eyes, like while I was talking to her, I could feel them. They were no longer up front. They had, I felt like my eyes had rolled back. If you've ever been so tired where your eyes are kind of fluttering, it was like that, except I was talking, telling her to go home. And so, you know, if you imagine her, she's staring at a girl who's talking to her where only the whites of her eyes are showing. So she was also really scared and she wanted to get the hell out of there, but she also was trying to be a good friend. Um, and, you know, and so that was the end of the night. And, you know, I, I, I look back and I think, uh, you know, it was either a seizure um, or I got so scared because of the trauma of the accident. Like, you know, it was me. I didn't actually hit my head or anything, and I didn't have whiplash, but just the trauma of that. But it happened to be the exact moment. And all of those things I can find an explanation. The only thing I cannot find an explanation for in that night is how I was hit head on and I didn't have any damage. I mean, or, or the damage that did exist, you know, scientifically, I'm not sure how a black mark around along the side of my car would have created such a dramatic, you know, my car would have spun around. There was a huge, you know, I, we hit each other. And, you know, like I said, if I was alone, I would think I was crazy. <laughs> I just make that up. But I wasn't alone. And the person I was with was, you know, she's, she doesn't talk about it. Like, she doesn't tell the story. 
we, I've told, I'm telling you the story for the first time publicly. This is a private story in our family. It's not like I had any reason to make it up or want people to tell my story or, you know, I, I think people quite enjoy it. But for me, it was, it was very scary. And, um, I, I wouldn't wish, you know, that on anybody because it leaves you in a very big state of confusion where, you know, I can say there's no such thing as ghosts or I don't believe in possession, but what I do know is what they say, like what real possession is or what real, when you really come in contact with a spirit or people that really believe in spirits is that they say that it drains your energy and it basically takes energy away from you. Like you get headaches, you go through seizures, you fall asleep, you know, it basically feels like the life of you has been taken out of you. And between the time I got into the place and the time I left, I felt very, very plagued. And so, you know, if you do believe in that, then, you know, this is a very good ghost story. And if you don't believe in that, then it's a young girl who's very, you know, who, who didn't eat enough, who got into a car accident, who was lucky enough not to get hit. Um, and caused severe damage other than a little scrape along the, well, it wasn't even really a scrape, a black mark around the side. Um, and it was 12, 30, one o'clock at night. So it was late enough for me to not feel good. And so, um, you know, for me as an adult, I struggle with this, but when I, when it happened to me, I, you, I was a hundred percent convinced something was wrong or something was wrong with that house and something had happened to me that night. Now time goes on, you know, this is many, many, many years later, you know, I struggle with, you know, what's actually logical and rational and what happened. Right. And, you know, I can't explain it. The, the, the accident part really, really gets me because every time I can explain every part of what happened that night, I just don't understand how I got head, hit head on and there was no damage. Don't you think it's weird that both you and Jackie also felt uncomfortable by that statue and you didn't talk about it with her? We didn't yes. talk about anything scary in that house because... But that, you both thought that statue mm-hmm. was staring at you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's weird. Like, you know, that doesn't happen often where you're both like, yeah, that specifically. You know, like, it's a six-inch statue, you know? So why is that such an imposing presence? But but both you and Jackie did feel that presence though, right? From that statue, we felt like something was wrong with it, like wrong with it, or, or they it was looking at us. It was like it followed us. You know, if we move to the left or move to the right, and it sounds really silly, but it's have you ever looked at a painting and you like are, like the Mona Lisa? They say no matter where you stand, she stares at you. It was what, however, this little it was obviously very special statue right like nobody puts like cowboy statues on top of a shelf cowboy like statues on top of shelf especially something so little so it must have been like an heirloom or somebody something actually carved or something was connected but it felt like it followed us wherever we moved it was following well i mean i've been in an accident before and my car had spun around and it was a light hit even then i had the car had kind of severe damage for both of our cars so I'm surprised that your car was basically hit head on and your car also spun just like my car but you guys didn't have any damage whatsoever you know and that's the thing even if it was a slight dent you know you're like okay like but 
the impact wasn't a slight dent impact. My bumper, my, my fender, and my door should have been completely crushed. You know, That's what happened with my car. Maybe not the the airbags would have went out. Maybe it wasn't that hard because you know I had bra- I had seen the car. I had braked. I had swerved. You know, maybe I was at that point going ten or fifteen miles per hour. But I still don't understand uh, why there was no damage. I don't. I mean, it was it was so unnoticeable that if I had just if I when I wiped off all the black right like with a br- like a pad to wipe it off. You would not have been able to tell I was ever hit, and you can open the door and close the door. There was like no issues with the door. Um, if the if the fender had buckled, it would have affected the bo- door opening and closing. There was like there was no issues. Right. Maybe there was some sort of internal damage. I, I couldn't see it. But also, if there were, I was going to say, if there was internal, I mean, you would have known damage. You would have known. Uh, Later on, while driving the car, like some sort of light, something would have shown in your car that would have been like, hey, you have some issue in your engine. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was very scary. Uh, I I thought at that point we weren't, we were going to hit and that was it. Like, I felt like I was going to die. But do you, you know, you said that as an adult, like you have kind of drifted maybe not drifted away but you you can look at it more logically and more you know objectively at the situation but you know a lot of stuff has been I mean we don't have to talk about it but a lot of things have been kind of come up in the past year that aren't logical anymore does that shift your like experiences that you've experienced in this past year does that shift your like view on what happened that night do you maybe think that maybe something did happen I don't, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think as I get older, less and less I believe something happened. But like I said, when I think about it, you know, you know, obviously when you go through some sort of trauma, right, no matter what it is, for me that was traumatic, right? Uh, the longer time goes on, the less traumatic it becomes, right? But, I mean, it's it's still... I mean, it was a, it was the scariest thing I've ever been through in terms of something out of my control, uh, you know, or I couldn't control, or something with like out of worldly experiences. Right. And uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never had anything like that happen to me again, but um, I haven't been but in like a situation this- like that again. Right, but. I guess what I'm trying to say is you've had spotted moments this past two years or so that weird things have happened. Things that you can't explain. But it's one thing, but there's one thing when weird things happen that you can't explain. And there's one thing where something happens to you physically, right? I was physically in an accident. I was physically in pain. I was physically going through some sort of seizure, right? Like, so... That that nothing like that has ever happened to me, ever, since that one day, ever before or ever after. Which also obviously always brings me to this point of why did that happen to me that day? Why only then? Like if I was somebody that su- suffered from seizures, I would have had another one. If I was somebody who, you know, weird things happen to people. Like something will fall or something will this, and and, and those things are kind of freaky. But you're like whatever. 
this isn't, you know, this isn't the realm of something normal that happened. And, you know, but for the fact that there was somebody there with me that night who nothing happened to them, right? So just a witness of everything that happened. Someone who can corroborate what you went through, though. Yeah, basically. And uh, like I said, it's it's not a good feeling. Thinking back on it, it's not a good feeling that that happened. It's it's very strange. And then, you know, when you tell a parent or something, they tell you you're crazy and you've lost your mind. And you think, yeah, for that night, I must have been crazy. I must have lost my mind that night. Well, and you felt like a malicious feeling in that house. It wasn't like odd, off. It was bad. Or, or was it just off? No, scary. It wasn't bad. It wasn't off. It was scary. Like the house scared me. The painting scared me. I wouldn't walk up the, you know, have you ever been in a house where you hear something and you're like in your room and you're like, I'm not moving. You know, that feeling where you're like, I'm not moving. That's it. That's how I felt in the whole house. I felt scared, except in that one room. That one room was actually pretty comforting and nice. But it was a very small room. It was like a small den and the house was very big. I almost felt like it was a safe place. I don't know how to explain it. It was like protected. Well, there you have it, folks. I have a question on that. I thought it Somebody was so um, quiet. I thought during your night while you were babysitting. No, I don't know. Um, this is what I thought Amna once said. Um, but that yeah, yeah, yeah that's why I want to clarify be. that. That while you were babysitting, you saw, like, a car come up the driveway and then turn around and, like, go. But it happened, like, twice. I thought you saw someone. I, I, I probably, I might have mixed up stories, but I thought you saw headlights coming up the driveway at one point And you thought you saw someone coming, but it wasn't. I mean, look, I, I don't remember. Um... It's very possible, but one thing I can tell you is that we heard a lot of noises that were told that they were horses in the stable. Didn't sound like and, horses and in the stable. And you also didn't see it. <laughs> and, and a car may have come up the driveway. It may, may very well have come up the driveway, but that's less scary, right? A car comes up the driveway and drives away because they took a wrong turn. Um, but the, the noises in the house were like, I kind of hate to say this out loud because it sounds so weird, but... You know in The Exorcist where she hears those noises upstairs? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. The bed shaking up and down? No, no. Like in the beginning where they're like, oh, it's rats. Right, right, right. Like in the way beginning where she, the mom would look up and she would feel like there's rats or something. Like that's yeah, and then kind she of goes the, in the attic or whatever. Exactly. It's, yeah. it, and it sounds really strange because I'm saying that because it sounds like a crazy person, but... That's the type of sounds which you could say it was scurrying movement. No, it wasn't like, like louder, deeper movement. Like it didn't sound like pipes moving or no, it floorboards like, moving. Sound like something falling, but like a lot. Something would fall. Thing, things constantly falling at sporadic moments. Like it could have been hooves, like right, like hooves. Like if you do like tap one, two, three, four, you know, like that. Like, it could actually have been horse hooves, like, right? Like, that's a logical explanation, but it didn't sound to the right of us. It sounded above us. Why would the horse stables be above you? 
It wouldn't. Or, like, but I mean, it maybe the sound, sound echo like that, or or maybe it did travel like. Like maybe there's a completely logical explanation, which is what I'm trying to say is that there was sounds, and you know, I have heard. You know, me and Shawnee recently heard sounds very similar to that in the house before we got it renovated, the house that we live in, which I've never ever felt an experience like that since we've gotten it renovated, but. You know, you do go through weird things, but then you're like, okay, whatever, it's a weird day. That wasn't one weird event, right? So it was a series of extremely weird events for five hours. Right, and plus you didn't see any stables. I didn't see anything, but the, I mean, they said they have them, so I believe them. But then those, yeah. the noise. I mean, they might be really far back, though, you know? like I wouldn't assume I would the stables been, are right, if, right if, up against like, the house or something. Well, you could... If they had said there were stables and Sabina had not gone outside, let's say, and they're like, oh, there's stables, and you're like, okay, that makes sense then. But if you had gone outside, you don't see anything, and then you're hearing noises above you, you're, I don't think you would think, oh, yeah, the stables in the far distance would definitely be making right. noises that sound above me in the house. That's what I'm saying. And actually, you know, I do want to clarify. I don't remember if they said their brother died of cancer or something else, but their brother had died in that house. Got it. A brother had died or, you know, somebody like a brother. Um, I, I and don't, it was recent. I don't remember it was a father. It, it was, It was. I remember it sticking out to me as being a brother. Recent enough. Like it wasn't six months or a year. Like it wasn't like something that happened a long, long time ago. And they did look at me weird, and they're like, why do you ask? And I was like, oh, no reason. And I was like... That was going to be my question to you, Sabina. I was like, why <laughs> Why would you ask, hey, is there, did someone die in this, par- in this place? I was like, you know, this is a really good <laughs> question, but did somebody recently die? Or did somebody die in this house recently? And they were like, yeah, our brother passed away. And I was like, okay. And I was like... I'm, Awkward. I was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. You know, like... But you know what? They definitely... They probably felt a presence in that house as well. There's no way they didn't. I don't know. I mean, clearly they were living there, so they probably didn't feel anything. They probably but you were know so how used people to it. live in a house and they just they live there, like Coco in a taunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like just like Coco. <laughs> <laughs> well. But, <laughs> well, I guess uh does anyone else have any like um, last remaining questions? I hope you guys get spooked for the I was only... I know I was spooked. I know I, I know I'm sent, still spooked. Chills down my Every time It's funny cuz like I've heard the story maybe 10, 15,000 times at this point. <laughs> but like <laughs> but like every time it's still it's like ooh, it's kind of weird. So it's those have you, have you heard me of... tell it 10, 15 times? Because I try to avoid no, telling. I think yeah, I've heard you well, from... say it. Yeah, once or twice from you. It's like, yeah, it's usually Amina that kind of says it. Amina's always the... Uh... <laughs> well, I remember Sabina telling it. at a, My first time I ever heard it, I was at a birthday party, and you told the story to my friends. And those <laughs> friends, you know, I'm not... I'm barely friends. Though that was like a sixth grade birthday party. And to this day, I know those girls know that story. And it has, like... It didn't leave them. We, we and should hunt those people down and ask them about theirs. We should hunt Jackie. Well, no, down one of my friends still remembers that story. Like, yeah, I know the babysitting story. 
And it wasn't because I told it. They know it because you told it. Yeah, I mean, they were I, like, that was... that's probably the last time, uh, you know, because no, you guys you asked me really to tell it, I tell it, but that's actually probably the last time that. I told it. It's... No, because I sound crazy, but I know what happened to me. You know, that's what, I, what you know, I sound... It's one of those things that's like, you know, you know what you know what you know. Like, I know what I went through that night, and I know it sounds crazy, but it, it happened to me. All I want to know, all I want to hear now is Jackie's experience, but... You know, one time I tried to talk to her about it, and she's like, I can't talk about that night. And she just shut up. But, like, why, though? But why? That's my question. Because what's what's stopping her from saying She's the passenger in the story. She's the passenger where the car's coming to her. She's the passenger where the person can barely hold the steering wheel. She's the passenger. She's, She's the person across the table where you're staring at somebody with the whites of their eyes showing. She, you know... It's very scary for her and, you know. She can't explain it. Like, for Man. you, you went through it. Man. So, you know. I didn't. If I saw her going through it, I would probably be 50 times more scared. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have ran and left my friend. Man. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Bye. <laughs> you know, she put you in your bed or on the couch. Like, she really, like, or helped you get there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we were in our house all alone. I mean, that's why I was like, you need to go home. <laughs> because, and to be honest with you, at the time, you know, I felt like I couldn't express that I felt something wrong, but I felt enough to protect her to say, go home. You felt like something bad. You didn't want her around for it. I just didn't want her to see me like that. I just wanted to fall asleep and be left alone. I just didn't want her seeing me like that. I, I just knew enough to say to please go home. Not please stay with me, I'm scared, but please go home and leave. Like it was very much insistent that she leave me. That's a very odd reaction to have, honestly. Right? If you're that sick and you're scared, you would say stay with me, right? But I didn't. I was, why would you or why would you say go? Yeah, at the time I was like, just call your mom and leave. <laughs> just leave no like, what did your what did, you. like, like no you have to go i'm fine i'm i feel fine just leave please so were you generally fine as soon as she left like no, I mean, no, like I, when I when your parents out. came back like oh you passed out so you like you woke up the next morning and you were just i don't know if it was the next was morning like, or looking, still the night when my parents got home but when i woke up it was i felt better And you told dad and mom, but mom or dad and dad obviously did not believe you. No, he thought it was crazy and then went and looked at the car and there was nothing really wrong with the car. So he was like, okay, fine. Go to bed. Well, very supportive family. (laughs) Mom, I feel like, believed the story, though. Mom believes in something. That's the difference. That's the thing is, like, mom does believe in this stuff, whereas dad didn't. When even though apparently, as Sabina said earlier, he was witness, actually part of what at the time they were saying was an exorcism on somebody. He didn't even believe the person was possessed. My mom's seen it too, and she she believed it completely. And that wasn't a girl. They say a lot of this mass hysteria stuff affects women only, young girls. But her story is about a boy. You know, so it's, uh, you can't just call it crazy, crazy girls, you know, like, you, you know, there, it was a guy, it was a young, young boy, actually a 10 year old, 90, 10 year old boy. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, now, 
But like, I hear these stories, and you hear about it with other people. When when something happens to you, you're just like, okay, it was a really bad moment in my life, and I can't explain why and how everything happened. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Zan, do you still want to go through a moment like you through an experience? Not. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh because it's That's like you no, Z- Z- you don't even have to explain yourself. I understand because like we all want to believe it. So I want to believe it, and if right. it's like I believe Sabina, I'm not saying that like I, everything that Sabina said is false. Like I completely believe every single you know every single thing apart part of that story, but it's like. If I haven't seen, if there's always been that case where it's like, oh yeah, here's documented evidence of a ghost, and it's always some sort of grainy photo. It's like you're, there's, it's never the truth. I want to see the truth. I want to see it happen in front of me, you know. But I don't know. Maybe it's like a weird. Like, no, no, no. That's, no, no. That's I, normal. I get it because then, if you can, for me, if you can experience something like that, then you know, basically, there's a god because there's a, you know, there's. There's people exactly. and there's ghosts. And if there's God, then there's, you know, all the stuff people tell you to do, heaven, hell, like, you know, you can affirm that, you know, the hereafter, like, you can affirm all these things. And, but my experience doesn't affirm those things, what right? Happened? Like, it leaves you on the cusp of, like, it's frustrating. What, what happened to me? Why did it happen to me? Like, it didn't see any ghosts. Like, I, I, you know, so it was just a series of really strange events that you know leave me always thinking like was that a sign what did i go crazy you know did do you believe that that kind of like push you to kind of close yourself off to certain things certain ideas or just certain i can't i can't handle it (laughs) i just can't handle it anymore because it gets me extremely scared, not to a point where, you know, when you watch a horror movie, it's like a good scared, you're scared, and then you go to bed. Like, you know, no, not like a good scared. Like, I won't sleep all night. I'll keep all the lights on, like, you know, like a traumatizing scare. So I'm like, you know, I don't want, I don't like doing that anymore because I have two little kids and I can't be the one that's scared. Right. Well, everybody on that note, Follow us on Instagram. Rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Please review. Please review. Leave a five-star review, please. For especially for this episode. This will help us a lot, especially this episode. Probably one of my favorites. I'm gonna write a screenplay with my dramatic moments in it, so that it will. We saw Lorraine (laughs) Warren. Blah blah blah. She told you you were a sensitive. (laughs) Oh, that was Omnos. Uh, no, I never saw you did meet Lorraine Warren once, though. Didn't didn't you meet her once? I I've met Lorraine Warren, but not. She never told me it was a sensitive. She didn't walk up to me and say, "My child, you're a sensitive." Somebody told Gashif when they had done a reading or something like that that you have a sister who's a sensitive. Somebody told my brother that. Nope. Uh, it's definitely not me or Sumra. Let's be honest here. Nope. Your sister's sensitive and crazy. Nope, not crazy. Nope. I don't not I don't think you're crazy. I think that you're in tune to a certain <laughs> thing to, to a certain I don't. I believe it. That's why. Like, nope. Like, nope, nope. I don't. <laughs> I don't th- but it's also like I don't think it's that far fetched to believe someone is, you know, sensitive to certain 
feelings and energies that I'm not attuned to because I'm daft. She was brushing their teeth. <laughs> Sam is not brushing his teeth. He's probably like... What? what? He was brushing their teeth. Brushing my teeth? <laughs> you sound like someone's brushing their hands together. It's probably gossip. No, I'm not doing anything. No, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm legit yeah. listening to you guys. That's Didn't like... it sound like somebody was brushing their teeth? No, it did. It's probably Are you great? I really didn't. Oh, I wasn't doing anything. Noise, though, the I'm just sitting here. Noise. It's not me. I didn't hear it though. I don't. I'm hearing it I right now. We're just hyper aware right now of all these noises. Okay, yeah, listen, don't everybody, notice. just follow us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Bye guys. Yeah. Happy Thanks, Halloween. Sabina, for the story. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Stop recording. Shut it off. Okay.